I'm Tim Larkin. I am John Jervis. And we are Hood to Coast's newest old crazy runners. Welcome everybody to another episode of Old Crazy Runners. I am Nicholas and I am no longer the oldest old crazy runners because joining us today we have John Jervis and Tim Larkin. The Midwest chapter joined us for Hood to Coast and we are the old crazy runners. But before we get to that, be sure to stop, rate, and review the podcast. Do more than Tim did. I asked him to rate and review the podcast. He rated it, but he didn't write a review. So do more than Tim did. Actually write out the review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate it for us so we can spread the word and you too can become an old crazy runner. So welcome John and Tim. Great to have you on the show. How you guys doing? You recovered? I'm recovered. Back to back to the plan, back to running. I am doing my best to recover, but I've jumped right back into refereeing and it's taken a bite. <laughs> so you went from running hood to coast to running around on a soccer field. Is that what I hear? I have been doing that the last three nights. I am sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> what level are you uh, refereeing? Is, I, I hope it's like kindergarten. Uh, mostly easy. high school and I had a middle school game. So that was a little easier. So one of the topics we, we always talk about is the uh, old Crazy Runners podcast Strava Run Club. And I'll have to be reminded, Tim, are you the one that posts your refereeing games on Strava as a recorded run and it's just a bunch of squigglies all over? Is that you? I do that occasionally, yes. That's those awesome. are my favorites. I love those. My favorite. <laughs> it is contagious because you've got Martin doing it as well now. So how many miles do you cover in a uh, soccer game refing? Uh, the other night I got five and a half miles for two games. So, and that was on a big high school field. Nice. So and that's, that's not just, yeah, that's... you know, that's a lot of back and forth. It's different type of running than just what we put out on the road. I mean, you're, you're doing lateral movements, sprints, all sorts of different things. Absolutely. And some walking, but yeah, definitely get some good sprints in. I wouldn't, I would referee from the, uh, the middle of the field and just whatever dudes. Just call it. Yeah. Foul. He's out. <laughs> Offsides. I don't even know what it means. So, Nicholas, one of the differences, which might be very important to you, is that uh, if you go run five miles by yourself and then five miles on the soccer field at a school, it makes it much more difficult to crack that beer right after you're done. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a good point. They do tend to frown upon that. All right, well, before we dig into everything Hood to Coast as far as the race uh, with the vans and you guys joining us, uh, I had a couple things that I wanted to review uh, about the race first and foremost. And I'm going to start off with this year was the year of random meetings. Bundy, I don't know if you ran into anybody, but I had five, like, standing right next to somebody unexpectedly right there sort of things. And it was one of the coolest aspects of being out on the course. Uh, I only had one, but I ran into a high school buddy that was also the center for our football team when I was quarterback. So uh, 
we knew each other intimately in high school. <laughs> well, I'm going to focus in on uh, one of those meetings because it was with a, two prior guests, Bill Frith and Jeff Boley, who were standing in line for beer in front of me talking about whether or not they thought we would actually be at the beer garden when Bill turned around and saw that I was standing directly behind him. And uh, it was kind of a freak out moment. I do have to say that if it was in line to get beer at the beer garden at Hood to Coast, the level of coincidence on a scale from one to a hundred is about two. I wouldn't the chances that, that all far. of those people would be in line to get beer at the same time is extremely high. It, well, it's <laughs> at the same time in the same line. There are some variables. I do grant you that the, uh, the overall in line getting a beer <laughs> brings that percentage down quite a few. Uh, but, I think what really stood out to me in that moment, and I'm going to use a specific term I was thinking about. So uh, Scotty G uh, discovered that he is a known quantity. And I like that because it's kind of ambiguous. But uh, Bill was so thrilled to actually see the person uh, that is just a name uh, out in the air right now. So that was kind of a fun freak out. Uh, And lastly, ran into a childhood friend. She just walked randomly right in front of the van looked into the windshield and we made direct eye contact just in that that instant just crazy i actually i remember that's uh i ran into someone rolled down the window and uh ran into that person too just like that where like she was driving by rolled the window down she's like hey andy and i'm like hey how you doing See, that's how you know that one goes way back. You're not even funding in that one. Oh, yeah. Way back. Well, she was friends with my sister. So, right? So, she knows me as as childhood. Well, to uh, lighten it up just a little bit, at the end of the course, they had all the team names on this big banner, and you could take a picture of it. And that inspired me to actually go out and search through all the team names And uh, come up with a list here. So I have a list of what I think are the best team names out there. We're going to start off. There's a couple uh, pop culture references that I think are uh, worth start. uh, What you got? Yeah. And as you go through those, uh, I would like when we're done, John and Tim, uh, to give us your favorite out of this entire bunch. So listen up and uh, you got to state your favorite and, and why. That's be that's a quiz a afterwards. Yes, absolutely. All right. Quiz. So we're going to do um, a couple cool pop culture references uh, from the office. Michael Scott's Dunder Mifflin Scranton Meredith Palmer Memorial Celebrity Rabies Awareness Pro-Am Fun Run Race for the Cure. <laughs> that was the team name. Oh, well, that's the actual episode from the office. Okay. And yes, that was the team name. And where we normally frown upon this just elongated list of craziness, that one is just. Too cool and too absurd not to put out there. Uh, one that I liked, uh, play up on a recent meme, Runny McRunface. <laughs> Worth mentioning. Uh, and then from Dodgeball, Dodge Duck Dip Dive Run. <laughs> run. All right, I thought that was going to. So now we're going to go. I got, uh, I got five honorable mentions. As you can tell, there's a lot. So I had a hard time whittling this down, so I had to come up with a couple different categories. Honorable mentions, not the lottery we wanted to win. That's a good one. 
Partri- participation trophy wives on the run. <laughs> the Donner Party. Good reference. We almost had that in our van. We we were close. Uh, the Hasselhoffs, because that's going to get on any list I ever make. That is awesome. Don't hassle the Hoff. And then just because of everything that we are all about, barely fast dads. So those were the honorable mentions. So with that, because we've got a Brit on our team, this is a top 11. (laughs) Number 11, we're going to kick off Vanny DeVito. Nice. Number 10, Bacon Lovers United. Anything with bacon's got to get a list. Yeah, that's right. We're talking. Number nine is not going to surprise anybody here. Nine pink tacos. Has to be number nine. Number nine. Great team name. And, and and that one made their local news. That one did make the local news. And I believe a photo bomb by Fundy. Or, yeah. or a beer bomb. The beer sign. A beer yeah. bomb. Beer sign. Yeah, that was, that was, love it when that makes the news. Okay, number eight. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> just that. Just, which leg, which leg did just, that come out in? It was the whole team. I, I, I think it was uh, choosing to to participate. Uh, number seven, beer flavored beer. <laughs> Anything with beer it's is obviously going to get out there. Uh, number six, like fun but different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, anybody that's been in a van shuffling through bags and not knowing what the hell's going on will appreciate number five. These aren't my pants. <laughs> Number four is the Midlife Crisis Presidential Fitness Challenge. I think we can all relate to to that one. Oh, dear Lord. Number three, but did you die? No, we did not. You're fine. Number two, old crazy runners. I mean, of course. We're not number one? No, because number one, worst wine tour ever. (laughs) <laughs> there oh, we go that's good those were my picks for best team names 2022 hood to coast how about john what's your uh, favorite among those or another well, one no well i have not looked over the entire list but um i i would also have to at least for my honorable mention go with barely fast dad i liked that one and then for what it means to me, I'm actually partial to, um, no, not not biased, but just because of what it means, but old crazy runners. It just <laughs> definitely has made a difference in, in my life. So I just, I guess that's a bias, but um, uh, to be old and after meeting a few uh, very important people in the rank community, even more so. All right, Dooley. Well, well played there, Tim. What you throwing out at us? Yeah. So one that I remember that you didn't mention was I thought they said rum. That was a good one. I like that. But uh, I'm kind of partial to the to the dodgeball reference, and uh, <laughs> I used that just the other just the other week. So I'm gonna go with with the dodgeball theme team. That was a good one. I uh, I had a hard time putting them at an honorable mention, but that top eleven that uh, 
there was just too many that fit in right there. All right, so that was uh, our our favorite team names next year. Uh, of course, number two is going to be back out there, old crazy runners, and uh, we'll revisit this, see who else signs up. I'm sure we'll see a lot of the same names now that we're actually really digging into it. Uh, we do know that uh, you know a lot of these teams uh, join year in and year out, and that's what makes it so great. In fact, this year in particular, one of my highlights is the uh, total filling of the race. Uh, as many teams as they could fit, they had it all out there, and it was packed, and I loved that it was packed. I didn't care that we were coming up short on a couple exchanges and things were tight. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Loved, loved that the whole thing was a huge success. I will say that our visit with the old crazy runners down the street um if you ask them what their favorite was i do believe they would pick the nine pink tacos (laughs) (laughs) i believe you're correct (laughs) they were very impressed then they stopped by and we should mention uh that hood to coast is a team of 12 and the nine pink tacos ran the entire hood to coast with only nine members all in one van so I was going to ask about that. I mean, team names are just odd anyway. So nine pink tacos could still be 12 people because why the fuck not? But so did they have to clear that with Hood to Coast or what did they do? Do you know? Uh, I, I'm not sure if they had to clear the van. The number you can, you can do whatever number you want, works. right? For right. Num- number wise. Um, but I think that I'm not sure if they cleared it or not. I think they're fine because it's less than two vans, right? If you try to get three vans, you're going to have to clear it. But Hood to Coast is probably like, yeah, one less vehicle on the road. You're in. Well, but you got van signs that are specific to van one and van two and certain legs where one is excluded and another is excluded. So at some point, they're going to run into, are you van one? Are you van two? Why are you on this? Anyway, just I'm curious how that how that played out. Other than uh, the idea of nine tacos in a van just sounds worse than anything that we could produce. <laughs> But think think about it. They were always on the move. They didn't get any stop and rest time. That's right. The van I mean, that's is like always a, moving. That's a that's a single that's a double single day. Double single day. It's a double it's single a, day. It's double half mofo. That would be insane. Oh my god. Okay, so here's the thing, Fundy. Yeah. After you finish twelve. Yeah. And and we're the two of us are just we we've done it. Are old. We'd be, we'll be, you'll be, yeah, we'll both be old because you started too late. <laughs> All the ones behind us are going to have to take a year off or do something crazy because we're going to do that. We're going to do two the nine-person team. No, we're going to, we're going to get seven <laughs> other dumbasses and we're going to do that double single, <laughs> double single double, double, double single van. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm in. Well, I know, I know, we have two dumbasses right here. So, well, we're I know four John's dumbass, willing to run four legs. He's already done it. I'm in. All right. So let's, let's dive in here to the official interview portion. Unless you had another random question, Nicholas. No, that was, uh, that's just kind of what I wanted to talk about. I had some cool highlights about the uh, Hood to Coast specifically and wanted to uh, jump on those. So, well, yeah, let's get into it. So let's start off with John, and then we'll go to Tim. And just to frame it, I would like your opinion just on hood to coast in general, as compared to other races you've done, what you loved about it, what made you want to punch Nicholas in the face, what made you want to drink more beer, you'd open it up, John. 
Sure, thanks for the opportunity. As far as Hood to Costco and how it is different from all the other tens of twenties of probably 50 some runs that I've done in the last three years, the whole aspect of just the whole team, it being a team event, you know, speaking to the relay piece of it, so much of it is of running in my career has been, it's very independent, right? You don't, you're not required on the performance on the rest of the team. But the encouragement, um, no matter how the run went, um, you know, just each how each team member was there for each other, and just to um, be right there, be at the um, each exchange out of the van, it could have very easily used that time to <laughs> stay in there and sleep and get a few Z's to get ready for your own run. But uh, there wasn't uh, any part of that. It's just um, the way that the the team all gelled and came together and just fed off of one another it's just like guys it's like we've known each other for you know way more than a couple of hours during the pre-race or the beer night before whatever that was it was just like a a a group of guys or brothers that just uh had been doing this more than just this one time and you don't get that in the other races you may as you mentioned you may run into one or two people you know at those races from running with them before and you spend a couple minutes talking but we spent nearly 30 hours um, within the van in the race itself. On top of that, the time outside of that. And I don't think there was a moment of silence, except maybe the two hours we tried to get some sleep. <laughs> and that was Tried. between that was between Nicholas's snores. <laughs> well, you're Apparently lucky you weren't in my van. I'm yeah. the champion. Oh, man. Scotty G, he'll, he'll sign you up as well. Uh, I do want to interject. I've said this a few times, and it is so true. Great teammates make great teams. That is what makes this race fantastic. And you highlighted exactly what uh, I didn't actually experience. It was in the other van with a teammate who didn't get out of the van and monopolized the one area to kind of sleep and just didn't really participate. And uh, the following year when we were talking about who to bring back, I was like, well, you bring that person back if you like in your van but they're not setting foot in my van. I mean, that's, that's like, and trying to bring some Nelly with them. That would have been how that worked out. Um, and I say that only because we really do work to bring in people that we know are going to be fantastic and enjoy the race the way that we do and will gel with the people around us and at a minimum can at least come in and be somebody who's excited and uh, wants to be a part of it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. How about Tim, what's your overall? Yeah, I can, you know, uh, echo some of those same sentiments for sure. The camaraderie was just awesome. Uh, the, you know, obviously got to know the, the folks in the cool van, uh, oh, sorry, van one, a little more than van two, just because we spent so the much cool time van. together. But in general, that was, that part was really awesome. And I think, that the big difference is just the sheer length of time, uh, just over 29 hours, 29, three minutes, something like that, right, was uh, was just a really awesome to, uh, and, and really just doing the whole sleep deprivation for that third leg, especially, you know, running in the dark and wobbly legs. And uh, it's just a, just a totally different feeling and knowing that we're all kind of rooting for each other and and uh and i kind of like john said too just the way it felt like by the end of the weekend like we had known each other forever was just great so yeah it was really fun to just 
spring out of the Midwest and, and get all the way out to that coast. So ton of fun. Well, I would like to take, take a moment and highlight two of the other new runners who joined us. Uh, Tim Seidel of your, your group, who unfortunately was uh, not able to join this call. And then uh, Jason Group, who is a former guest, finally got to come out and run. So all four of you got to experience this. And uh, I know from talking with each of you, that was what you came out of it. And I, I have to say, that's exactly what I would hope for, is this excitement around almost everything other than the run. And then the frosting is then thinking about some of the, especially I, I find lakes two and three when you're out in the middle of nowhere. You know, one of those, no matter what your physical condition, is just going to be this amazing run. It's going to be in beautiful part of our state. It's going to be quiet, serene. You may be the only one out there. There's just things about it that make it almost, uh, you know, an experience you're not going to just find anywhere. That was your cue, Fundy. You were blowing your nose. You're going to step in and pick this up. Well, I was the one asking questions, not pontificating. I thought oh, you were going to do the next question. Thought, so you're the play-by-play. Play and I'm I got the a color. question. Yeah, what's the question? So, Tim, I would like to actually start at the beginning and describe to everyone what it was like there up on the mountain. Right at the beginning, we're getting lined up. Sun is rising right next to Mount Hood. The nine pink tacos and the news cameras were out there. Kind of talk us through that. Oh yeah, it was it was pure energy. You know, we had gotten up. I don't know. I think five thirty, so it was still a little dark. But by the time we rolled in there, just like you said, the sun was just starting to come over the mountain, and then getting to see the uh, you know that old building where they filmed the shining back in the background was just really cool to take a look at that for a minute. But then. Uh, but just the energy of all the groups as they were getting ready to start. And you could tell everybody was just getting fired up and, and they uh, just starting to wake up. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a frenzy too, with everybody trying to, uh, to uh, photo bomb or uh, video bomb, I guess the news and, uh, and, you know, Fundy, you were, you were spot on successful getting the beer light in there. So I actually got the, uh, the uh, news guy to actually hold the beer light. Yeah. A picture of him holding the yeah. light. So we should take a moment to let everybody in on uh, the beer light because I thought the greatest thing, the greatest physical representation of the old crazy runners ever created was the golden helmet. And I am happy to be one-upped with that because the beer light is the single greatest thing ever created by an old crazy runner. So hood to coast people or relay people, you know, if you're at exchanges, you want to try and find your other teammates. It can be just crazy. So people create these cool signs that they can hold up so you can try and find each other. And uh, Dennis Canfield came up with a lit neon beer mug sign that he built. And it, it was genius. We were in St. Helens and we, across the field, I mean, like a quarter mile away, you could see that thing. You knew who was walking up towards you. It was us. It was the beer guys. Yeah, and when you had, when you had that out in the dark too, uh, like in the parking lot, you could just see it sort of floating across the sky there. It was, it was pretty magical. So you were runner four, which means you, you, you feel all that energy, but you, you got to kind of hold it in because you're still not running for another three hours. 
So kind of talk about what you were thinking as you were getting up to when it was time for you to actually get out there and do your first leg. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I thought, is there a way I can just go ahead and be runner number one? Because <laughs> <laughs> I am ready to go. Uh, but then after that, it too, it was just a little bit of, you know, driving down the mountain and thinking, dang, these are just some wicked turns we got coming here. And, you know, just pace myself. We'll get in there. We'll get in there. And luckily for me, too, by the time we got to, to number four, it was a little bit flatter. So I didn't have to do the, the pure uh, downhill. But it was, yeah, but it was uh, it, a lot. Of, it was kind of like uh, waiting for Christmas, that anticipation of, especially that first run, just wanting to get out there and get the feet moving. So, John, your experience, Vantu, it's a little different to kick off. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get to go up to the mountain. We have to go to this crappy high school up in base of the mountain there at Sandy. Pioneer Pride. Pioneer yeah, Pride, that's Some right. of those people wear some crazy clothes there is what I've heard. They just don't they, dress appropriately. That's but not cool. only that, you were the last guy out of the van, so you had to just you really had to bottle it up. So I kind of want to know what was going through your mind as you're starting to, you, you get a sense for the race before you even get the baton. Yeah, boy, I was, um, I guess the reference for that area would have been about ready to erupt like Mount St. Helens. That that was just every time it's like, okay, we're running closer. And I think, Oh, Hey, I'm not, and Oh shoot. I got two more or I had three more in front of me yet. It just seemed like it was always time for me to go run, but yet I had more runners in front of me to go, um, you know, go out of the van, go encourage them. And just the amount of excitement every exchange to see just kept building inside me. It's like, okay, when am I going to fully experience just to, just to use that and take off? I know that when I left on mine, it felt like I, I looked down and I instantly was like 340 watts, <laughs> 350 watts. I'm like, okay, I got to get back Died into a that. zone. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely, um, the even though I had been all those hours, and I can think back to that morning um, before when that alarm went off. It's like, you know, normally you're like, oh, man, I got to get up. I got to go run. It's morning. I don't want to go run. I bet you it wasn't 10 seconds. My feet hit the ground. I was ready to go get out that door and uh, get the day started into this. I was, yeah, I was boiling over with the, just the energy of ready to go. Both of, uh, both of our vans have the opportunity between legs one and leg two to kind of uh, rest and reset. And it's not really until you get into that second leg where you really start to feel what it means to be out on on the race itself so I, i'm curious how was it when you that that turnaround when y you handed off to the other van so for uh tim that would have been in st helens and now you've got to just kind of bottle it back up again you got you know just this nothingness where you got to find well actually let me rephrase that so you went off to mist what did you guys think when you got out in the middle of nowhere and there's just this mass of camping and vans Oh yeah, well it was uh it was it, it was like a, a racing Woodstock to see that uh if, if if some of our fans are old enough to remember that reference. But uh yeah, no, I mean it just added to the whole thing, right? You know, it it helps you feel the magnitude of just how big of an event this is 
when at first you're thinking, oh yeah, there's there are there's some teams, but like no, there's I think what do we say, eleven hundred teams plus another three hundred walkers. And uh, when you have those, when you see the big parking lots with all the vans, people coming and going, that's when it kind of, it hits you how, how big it is and how cool it is to be a part of, uh, of just the whole thing. So Tim, your uh, second leg was just out there on the highway in the heat. Uh, how, how did that one go for you? Yeah. So, you know, being a Midwestern guy, uh, it was warm. I wouldn't call that one hot. <laughs> and there wasn't any real humidity. So It was lukewarm. Uh, but, yeah. But it, it was, was only 92% humidity, so it was fine. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I was waiting for the sun to beat down. But uh, yeah, it wasn't, that one was slightly uphill. And I was actually starting to feel that a little bit more in my legs just because uh, my first leg was a more of a downhill and it put a lot of pressure on him. And, uh, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a solid run and, uh, you know, got to keep on trucking, but yeah, it was, that one was actually just a pretty straight right down the, or right up the highway run. And John, your, uh, first leg, uh, was also the first leg my son ran and it's down the spring water trail, which is just kind of long and hot. And then you drop it in the neighborhood. What was that one like for you? It was very similar for me as a Midwest people trail run, um, plus a few uh, homeless along the way. Ran through a couple of villages that I guess I wasn't quite prepared to see. I think there was made mention of it might be there, but um, I will say I, I shared with uh, a few people. I don't remember if it ever came out in the van, but I got about 50 yards past one of the encampments. And there was this loud crack. Whether or not that was a gunshot of somebody getting their uh, food, their breakfast, or just a firecracker. But uh, let's say I didn't look back. I probably increased pace a little bit. Um, but then coming into, of course, into the town, um, definitely it, it was um, reminiscent of a Midwest run. But yet I knew where I was. The environment was different. You had the river on the left side and the train tracks on the right. Um, definitely as I, I ended it up there by the river, I came to people were out there, what on wave runners and some boats and just, you know, trying to take that in and but yet still be focused on the race and where I was going. So it was it was a experience that uh, I won't forget that first leg. I'm sure I'll still remember it when I come back for the next one. Yeah, I uh, haven't ran 12 yet. Um, my goal is to save that for the, the last time. Um, but have ran that part of Springwater too many too many times to count. And uh, that stretch between Oaks Park and where you handed off at the Tilcom Bridge, uh, it's a long, you know, it's it's kind of boring as far as the run goes, but the view is, is great. Although for Van 2, uh, really the beauty of our run kicks off after the second leg and uh, coming into the cask or the uh, coastal range there is, is really where we get most of uh, our, our fun views. Uh, Tim, I'm with you. I ran four last year and that second stretch just along highway 30. It's just, I, I mean, it's a half a step up from running on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the, the authentic sound of trucks blowing by you. 
Yeah, if you were on the treadmill with the guy on the other treadmill with the leaf blower pointed at you, like a gas-powered <laughs> leaf blower, that's that's what that leg would be like. Who occasionally tells you, hey, good job. <laughs> Every now and again, the other guy on the other side of the of you on the other uh, treadmill goes running by a little faster and gives you a little heads up and a thumbs up, and, and you just want to trip him. Although... When, so we, we talk about the gazelles, and I know you guys experienced exactly what we're talking about, which is just this whoosh of somebody so much faster going by you. So, Tim, when did you first recognize that you just got your ass handed to you by somebody doing about a five-and-a-half-minute mile? At the beginning of leg three, I, I had two people. One of them was sort of right out of the gate. And the younger lady just blew by me. And I'm like, hey, hey, good job. And and she couldn't hear me. So, (laughs) And then a second person came blowing by. I only had one other person pass me on the second leg. And uh, and he just he was just a little faster than me. But uh, yeah, no, I had two of them on the third leg that just scorched. When uh, when did you first get uh, trampled, John? Was that out uh, also? Yeah, I didn't have any, mine were all kills on the first leg of mine, and so it would have been my third leg or my fourth run, where there was um, definitely, we'd gotten into where the elite elite runners were coming through, and there was a couple of them that blew by me about, I would say they were probably at a low six, um, but there was an opportunity to catch back up with them because of tra- the way they run traffic through there. Um, they actually had to pause for like two minutes, and that was enough time for me to catch back up with them. But then I couldn't stay with them. I knew they were in another class from after that, that last uh, probably about three quarters of a mile and down the prominence, they they were gone. So they definitely were in that uh, elite runner. But until then, it was a lot of fun. You know, you mentioned the isolation out on the road. What does make that difference, though, is running in the dark. There's just something about seeing those lights up in front of you. Um, You know, I mean, it's not just one, it's three or four and just kind of, you know, you're kind of anxious to get up there and know what what kind of runner are they? Who are they? Can you catch them? Um, That would be the only other, uh, you know, outside of changing it up out on the highways, running it in the dark. That's a whole new experience, running that in the dark. And I, I told, I, I believe, uh, Tim and Jason, who's first time hood to coast, I told him, I was like, once it goes dark and the lights come out, everybody gets a little loopy, everybody gets a little looser and, uh, just, uh, it's a completely different experience. I love getting through leg one and then taking off and have those two legs be like the second half of the race itself, just because they're always so much more enjoyable than, uh, than to kick off. I mean, there's just, it starts to spread out. And I think that makes a bit of a difference as well. Yeah. So I wouldn't have gotten that experience. I I hate to, uh, that we had to have an injured runner for me to get that experience, but that was the, I think it was what 31. Yeah. Leg 31, um, in there that we ran, that was still in the dark there. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm confusing my legs. Maybe I'm confusing 24 with 31. No, twenty. Yeah, twenty four still would have would have been it, it close to. I don't know if we would have had sunrise just yet, but yeah. So Dennis Canfield blew out a calf, 
unfortunately had to uh, hobble in on leg two and then had to sit out leg three. So John stepped up. Um, love the idea of uh, first time hood to coasters having to do a little bit more than expected because uh, that's just what makes the race the race. Uh, but you crushed it, went out there and just ran the shit out of that leg. Is that a appropriate thing to say that you ran the shit out of that leg? Sure. Why not? Sure. <laughs> All right. Sure. Uh, in fact, what it means is I've got to, I've got to fucking come up with it. I got to adjust the spreadsheet. I don't know if you guys realize that little thing, the disruption that means in my life because the spreadsheet's off now. Yeah. Nicholas is going to lose the, a month. He's going to lose means, a month adjusting you know, the spreadsheet. It means that the guys had to run at the end because it made the end timing off to try and beat me to the line. Uh, well, I, it means the averages are off because you ran four and he ran two and all that shit's fucked up. But the best part, I have to say, is the picture of Jason Group handing you the baton because I think he had no idea coming into it. And yeah, he was not he, looking for me. He was looking. He, he was looking for Dennis. That that video is just classic. It's like two people that just moderately don't want to admit they don't actually like each other, having to exchange something they both want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Well, you have, or you ran one of the most coveted legs. Leg 12, you get to finish. You get to turn the corner, run down the promenade, cross the finish line. What was going through your head as you're just feeling that last little stretch? Because I think we told you the promenade was about 200 yards long when it's more like a mile. Hey, man, you let you step right into that one. I'm already <laughs> was going there. It's like, yeah, they set me up for this. I turned that and expected some little sprint to the end, and it just kept running and running and running. It was like, where's the end of this thing? And the, the tents were down there, and absolutely, yeah, basically running out of gas. Um, the excitement, I, I'm hoping, I felt like I was still smiling. I was racing some what felt like some young 20-year-old down there that uh, it passed, and he'd passed me back. Come, He went flying down a hill at like a five-and-a-half-minute pace, but pretty soon, all of a sudden, he's in my sights, and he just kept slow and coming back to me. I get turned on the promenade and running down there, just cruising along, see some of the see some of the teammates down there, think I got this, and then that the young one comes up, and he's like, hey, I'm here, let's go. And I was like, where did he come from? And so I said, well, let's finish this together. So we, we ran on down there and I went ahead and let him step in front of me. I, I gave him gave him the nod. So, but yeah, that uh, definitely that hole, I kept trying to look to my right and look out there at the ocean. Yeah, the, the, the uh, ocean's a little ways out there. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to see running along there, but the, the beauty and the hills in the background um, and just that whole finish area, the excitement, because there was already quite a big crowd there, and then just the feet hitting that sand. That was, it was, even though it was my first one, boy, what an experience to have already have, you know, under my belt to come through there. That was great. And although Tim didn't finish, finish the race, but that finishing up your third leg, especially in the middle of the, you know, you're up in the mountains, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you got that cold beer waiting for you in the fridge. Uh, kind of talk about that 
what you felt when, when you finished, right? You're done running. Team hasn't finished yet, but you're, you've done your duty. Oh, yeah. So I think the biggest part for me is it was actually the hardest of the three runs for me, even though it was the shortest. And part of it is just, I think, what we talked about where, you know, you're limited sleep, you're in the dark. And I was definitely getting a little tight because I went, I went pretty hard on the first run, even though, you know, we said pace yourself. But that was my longest run, so I was really going at it so by then yeah it was like oh just let's can we get this finished because my legs are getting really tight and then and of course then the uh the ritual of 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 having that beer i think it was about what was i think when i finished about five in the morning so to you know kind of use that as a mouthwash to get your day started was was pretty special and uh you know, kind of made you forget that you really were going on a couple hours sleep. Yeah. Five in the morning doesn't mean anything to hood the coast. I mean, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's just it's, a number. <laughs> it is. It is just kind of all blurs together. And, and it is uh, pretty amazing. I mean, we, we talk about the lack of sleep, but even if you had the accoutrements to get a decent amount of, or a, a decent uh, sleep pattern, this just you don't have the time. I mean, when you've got, especially if you got a van like Van Two, which was just cruisingly, crushingly faster than you guys. I mean, you we didn't leave you any time to rest. I mean, we well, ran the whole race that, twelve seconds faster than you did. Was that the final difference? Is twelve seconds between our vans? Yeah, we had an average yeah. pace difference of one second. Okay, so you crushed us. Yeah, by or, I'm sorry, eighteen, eighteen seconds. 18. I was off Amazing. by 50%. So, talking about like loss of time, just as an example. So we're, so Chris finished up, he was runner five. So he finished up his leg and Jason's out on the course and Chris is like, Hey, can you uh, brew up some coffee? I'm feeling like some coffee. And I'm like, Chris, it, it's nighttime now. Like we're going to go drive for 45 minutes and then try to sleep. Are you sure you want some coffee? And he's like, Oh yeah, it's no, no, I don't. <laughs> No, but he completely not. lost sense of time. You, you know, I will comment, though. There's were between Stephanie and Nicholas. I love them both. But there were a couple of times that when you guys finished up and you got those beers, I wanted to knock the beers out of your hand because <laughs> I wasn't now, done yet. Now, now, first of all, I didn't crack a beer until I got past my third leg, which is new for this race. I don't know why I didn't do that. Stephanie, I'm, I, I'm sure, cracked after each one. Uh, suck it up, man. That's what it means to be Lake Six. That's just that's what you oh, gotta absolutely. do. Absolutely, that's right. It does. Uh, I, I do. Uh, I haven't ran six for Hood to Coast, or I've ran six, so I've ran the last in the van, and it is that I think is one of the hardest van positions to be in. Is is the last one? First is way better. And shit, I've already got both those out of the way as well. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, I think one of the things one of the things I had to, to wrestle with too was uh since I finished four and then while Chris was out on five, uh Scotty G was sort of looking around the refrigerator and saw there was one beer and he was kinda like, Hey, uh, you know, can I have that one? And I, I had to tackle him. I'm like, No, that's Jason's beer for when he finishes leg six. So, you know, it was rough having to having to play cop there for a minute, but I was able to subdue Scotty G, so well, I'm just shocked to find he, he was uh, so unprepared 
that he, he didn't have one. That's that's unlike him. Well, Skeeter had a had beer. Him. Yeah. Oh. He, uh, he was going in. He was going for a second right away, and uh, that was Jason's beer. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I missed that correlation there. That's an important uh, sequence of events. Drank his beer, tried to get another beer. Now, shit, uh, that's exactly what I would expect. Well played. Speaking of beer, uh, Ben Glowey, he he finished up four Tall Boys stouts before we got back to the Airbnb. Four of them. Really? Yeah, he was just down on them. He was in. Oh, man. Well, there's your 18 seconds. <laughs> ben and his goddamn tall boy stouts. No, we were done. I don't, I don't know oh, he was any all, recovery. Okay. Yeah, he was all done. I don't know yeah. any recovery plan that that fits into, but I guess his own. <laughs> Must have been high on uh, protein. Maybe there's some ex- maybe they're protein drinks. It's a carb replacement. There you go. And he's a big boy. Ben is a pretty big boy. If anybody could handle that, I would expect it to to be Mr. Glaway. Yeah. Although well, I wish he would man a few words, but poignant ones when when he throws them out there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, one thing that we discussed over beers a couple times is that you know you guys flying out come to Hood Coast. You know Nicholas and I, uh, at least myself, I expected you guys to come do it once with us, and and you know would never want to spend any time with us ever again, which is how most people are. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned that uh, you might want to come back again. How are you guys feeling now? I'm still in. You're stuck with me. All right. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure how to break it to you guys, but, I mean, you guys were okay, I guess, but Scotty G and C-Dub, Chris White, now there's some guys. Yeah, so... <laughs> Are you trying to say they're uh, extra tires, they're spare tires? You get to go along for the ride, but you're in for the other guys. Yeah, but we gotta get, we gotta have our uh, our drivers there, Tim. They're the ones that make this thing go. I'm just, I'm just messing. I know. Yeah. Speaking of uh, legs, so uh, next year, what would be your coveted legs uh, to run? For me, anything in van one to go ahead and alternate vans and start at Mount Hood just to get that experience. Um, heard so much about it from Tim and just, you know, the descriptions and the views and even was on a call earlier today, um, just cross paths that the week before we were out there, that uh, one of my friends was up there and went by the timber, um, what is it, timber lodge? Timberline. Yep. Timber, timber line, thank you. And on up to some other um, camp that's on up there, and they talked about it, and I thought, wow, what a coincidence that my team and the guys ran with were just up there, and I would love to get up there and and just experience the beginning of that race. So instead of doing the end, I would love to do the beginning and then go back and fill in everything in the middle. I so all I heard was plan. leg five. That's all I heard. <laughs> that's. Hey, if that works, I, I think I told Nicholas I will gladly take any leg next year. But, um, yeah, I would prefer something Start your the, hill running. on the Mount Hood. Oh, Tim, we get that in, don't we? We get we get our hill running in. We do pretty good there on elevation. Yeah, I, I don't think five, five is going to be a problem. I would say that I love your plan for two reasons, the uh, bookending and then filling in the middle. I think that's awesome. 
and I would highly recommend getting those um, uh, big downhills knocked out quickly. Uphill at our age is much easier to work than downhill. Yeah, that uh, leg two, that first leg two kind of crushed my quads and, and uh, my calf. I think that's why my calves were hurting was that downhill. It's because you didn't wear the cheaters on the downhill. Your body was punishing you for it. You told me not to. I'll always tell you. When have I ever given you good advice? <laughs> Never, but I still listen sometimes. It's crazy. I didn't, trade, I didn't trade mine out either, Fundy. I went with the shoes that had gotten me there, but uh, maybe that's why I was so slow on my downhill. I just couldn't get my... Uh, just couldn't get below that seven, even going downhill. My leg said, you're not going to go any faster. You're out of control. The quads wouldn't do it on that fourth run. Like, gotta yeah. stay. I want to keep it, keep it between the lines. Yeah, the cheaters actually helped on the uphill more than anything. Yeah, I guess that would make, make the most sense. Uh, you know, you don't want yeah, I was afraid the cheaters would just, like, hurl me down the mountain. I'd fall on my face. I'm excited. So two is still uh, on my list. In fact, that's probably what I'll attack next year. And uh, for one, I got to imagine it was beautiful, but you can't really look. You got to pay attention to the road. So I want to, so funny, what was that like for you running one, two? I mean, did did you you have a chance to take in some of those vistas or were you just too busy Um, making sure you didn't A little bit, although there were a couple times where I wasn't paying attention and I kind of, you know, because you're the... The slope is constantly changing. So there's a couple times where I was looking off to the, the left and my, my toe skidded. Like I hit right. like, like you're going to trip a little bit instead of gliding by the pavement and landing where it's supposed to be. So there were a couple times where I could have bit it. Um, but yeah, it's beautiful. And it's, you get to run uh, by ski bowl and all of that. That's, you know, we used to drive up to ski bowl for skiing in high school. Right. So I've been up and down that road a million times right there. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. I have to say, uh, for leg, uh, eight runner eight, um, my second leg coming up out of St. Helens was, um, the hardest of the three and also the most satisfying. It was just a grind going up that uh that is that hill. the one and where the, it's like halfway through it turns to gravel you're, you're on yes the first half and then yes and yeah. if i remember correctly the year you ran uh the traffic was fairly light you didn't have a whole lot of dust you still had the climb and all that but the the dust well, I had no terrible. dust because it was pouring down rain uh you didn't run that in 15 did you you didn't run that in 15 didn't i no i did no you ran 11 leg 11 yeah. Oh, that's right. No, yeah, I did. I read uh, eight was in uh, 19. It was like, yeah. It wasn't yeah. so bad. You're right. 15 was only the year where we got absolutely drenched. Um, yeah. This was actually a fairly typical year. Uh, it was nice that the, the weather turned for us. But I'll tell you what, that dirt road sucked. It does suck. Did, did suck. And unfortunately, we don't have Seidel here because I really wanted to talk about his last leg, that leg 11, where you're just going on that forever slightly uphill gravel road. Oh man, that one's a slog too. It is a slog. How about Tim? Where, where do you want to be next year? You know, I am really pretty open. Probably if John would, which I would probably switch to, and cause I wouldn't want to get too close to him. We, you know, we have a thing. We start That's fighting fair. a lot when we run, <laughs> but uh, 
I, I mean, generally speaking, I would really listen to whatever you guys would suggest because I think it's well documented on this podcast that there's a lot of mediocre advice that gets handed out. So I'm always happy to accept that. We are happy to give you all the advice and some of it might be pertinent or correct or useful. The, the challenge is, is the advice on which leg to pick is probably going to be the best advice you'd get. It's the advice on how to run it when it comes around that you want to probably ignore. That's that. That's what's going to get you in trouble. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure his spreadsheet could be manipulated, Tim, to to kind of show you how to run each one. I'm sure, he could make it happen. Well, and well, if, and if I can sense that it's not good advice, I can tune you out like one of my kids in a heartbeat. What was that? I said I can tune. Ah, oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him on the podcast. That's uh, one I, will... I usually use, too. <laughs> uh, that's the best. Uh, I will say, I think the best advice I can give anybody out there running Hood to Coast, and this goes whether you've ran it once or, or multiple times, is just look at the three runs that you run. Uh, pick the one that you really want to just crush and run that one great. And then the other two, just make sure those set you up for the one that you really want to get out there. I, I just don't think that it's it's all that enjoyable if you try and well unless you're a gazelle if you try and just go out there and crush every single one just have pick one that just blow it out and then enjoy the other two so that you can actually take it in. Yeah, the problem was that was the first one for me. Yeah, ideally you want to blow out <laughs> the go. third one or the second one. The first one you <laughs> yeah. get yourself in trouble pretty quick. Yeah, but it was my long one, so. No, and I'm with you, Tim, because that is actually that is a great leg that you had that that fourth leg in Van One. Uh, you ran through Welch's, like you say. You're starting to that decline is it's not nearly as steep. You're still in the mountains, so it's beautiful. Uh, you, the time of day, I mean, a lot of that really uh, makes it a great run. But then you, you know, well then you know, go out and kick ass on that one. And sit back in the van and guard the beer. Yeah, sign me Strop. up, and I'll 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 kick I'll I'll show him how it's done next year. <laughs> uh, you're not getting the easy challenge. Challenge challenges out there. Yeah. Strava actually said that was the fastest two mile, five k, and ten k that I've run <laughs> on Strava to date. So, nice man. Well done, Tim. Is our next speed work in midweek? I'm gonna t- if that was your fastest, man. You're in for another harsh one the next midweek speed work we do <laughs> yep all right john so shifting just a little bit i know that your next race is your very first marathon and i want to uh just kind of have a moment to talk about what what you're looking for there you're starting on your uh your taper on your training is that correct no i'm actually have not started tapering i'm my plan has me one more long one this weekend and then I will taper after that. So it's the 24th, and so I'm going to get um, back into the training plan starting to, I ran tonight, and then I will get the long run in this weekend, and then um, much it starts to tone down for there. So I'm somewhere between probably 18 and 20 miles this weekend, and looking forward to see how that feels after a hard last weekend and not much sleep and rest. So we'll see how the recovery went. 
And if the body's not feeling it, I definitely am not going to completely push through it. I know at times I've learned from many of your guests that recovery needs to be recovery. And with the race being what it is and where my goals are at, I want to make sure that I'm ready for it. One, so, one last long run pushing an extra two or three miles is not going to make the difference on whether um, I hit my goal or not. Well, you keep calling it some abstract thing like, quote, your goal. Uh, that's got a number. What are you going to run? I'm going to run a 358. 358. <laughs> All right. Just kid under. What is it? 359. What was, what was your number? Oh, funny. So, yeah. You, you have two options. Either get under four or run a four hour and 54 second. That's those are your two options. <laughs> yeah. No. My my real goal was to be around 350 or just under 350. All right. Well, uh we have a a, a good challenge cuz I'm right on top of you right there. I uh Strava or Strava. Strides telling me 352 and uh I think I'm going to beat that. I run one week after you do. So My Strides tell me 338, but it's not uh it's not there. 338 is a bit aggressive. aggressive. Yeah. Well, fortunately, you have to run first, and if you run a 338, then I get to just not even think about it because there's no fucking way I'm running a 338. <laughs> not happening. I want to enjoy my first one, so I probably will not either. I want to go out there and just enjoy it, and it is what it is. So. Tim, what do you got coming up on the calendar? Yeah, so I'm I'm doing the same. I'm doing the same. It's the Mill Race Marathon here in columbus indiana and uh it's a nice flat course and my goal is to just be one minute faster than john <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah i know i'm hoping to go under four and just have a nice solid run so the best part about be being awesome. one minute faster is at some point you have to decide to run one minute faster I mean, there's going to have to be a kick at the end, and, and I want to just see this Chariots of Fire finish between the two of you. I, thought, I think you told me how to stick my foot out there when he goes by, didn't you, Nicholas? But he might be waiting for it, but, you know, there's, there's certain things you can do. What you have to plan, you have to look at the course, and you have to plan for a corner where you know he's going to cut it just a little too tight. Now there's elbows and hips. There's a couple different ways you can uh, knock him off his track there. Or yeah, you could I just remember, you know sit back in the stadium and watch him run a four four hour fifty three seconds. I remember that last half mile trying to give it a kick at the end. Mm -hmm. there, there was no kick. There was a slightly yeah. faster shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you had just enough in you to tell us to fuck off when you came around the corner there. Wait, I I will have my on. secret secret weapon though, and that will if I um have a turtle in my back pocket and I put him in front in, in front of Tim, he'll definitely stop and help the turtle across the street. Nice. I just want to say for blinders. everyone, everybody out there, the, I mean, when you said you had a turtle in your back pocket, I <laughs> not was what thinking, I was imagining, <laughs> not where I thought you were going. I'm like, you're not going to win with that in your back pocket. I mean, that's, that's usually going to hold you back. Tim, Tim's got a soft spot for turtles. So, he wouldn't want to see him get trampled, so he'd, he'd be all about protecting his turtle friends. All right, well, definitely isolate the weaknesses. Um, 
and uh, I I don't know what it would be like carrying a turtle for 25 miles, but uh, <laughs> but if that's what you're gonna do. That's what you're gonna do. Apparently, hey. sticking turtles in your back pocket's a Midwest thing. I I I just uh, I don't and have to JJ, understand. I... The plan is the plan. The plan is the plan. That's right. So, Tim, are, so I know that uh, John's a big stride user. How do you uh, plan your runs? Do you just run alongside him, or do you have your own metrics that you uh, – how yeah. are you going about hitting your goals? So, I mainly – you know, I kind of stick to that uh, 80% of the easier type runs where I'm just – I just kind of have a quick look at the heart rate or the pace a little, mainly the heart rate to try to keep it in check. But then uh, actually when we do speed work, John, John is my, uh, he's kind of my quasi coach. So he sets up the plan and we go into town by his house and usually we'll run on the track or just through the neighborhood. But yeah, uh, we, when I do my speed work is with JJ and, and he does, he, uh, he, he orchestrates that for us. So, uh, but I just try to mix it up out here. I've got, uh, uh, a lot of hills that I try to hit, so I get my hill work in, uh, and then uh, and then I have another run that's a little flatter, but uh, try to mix up a little bit of both. So my, the hills behind my house are about 190, 185 feet of gain per mile, so I usually am going just a little slower with that, and then on the road I go a little quicker. So, but keep it uh, keep mixed up. Well, we certainly wish you both the best of luck. Uh, once again, I hope it's just slightly faster than Fundy, uh, just under four hours and an attainable mark for me to shoot for the following week. So Scotty G and I will both be running the uh, Portland marathon on, uh, October 2nd, and we'll have to reconvene afterwards and have a virtual beer to, to see how that wrapped up. Well, John and Tim, it has been absolutely fantastic talking with you guys. Second only to having you come out and run this amazing relay with us. I loved having you uh, join our team, and I absolutely can't wait to have you come out and knock another leg out. Sounds like a plan. Absolutely. Thank you for having us on. Enjoyed every minute of it. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Old Crazy Runners. Take a moment to rate and review the podcast and always share it with your friends so they can join in with all of us for these great episodes. And be sure to go by Strava and join the old Crazy Runners podcast, Strava Run Club, because that's where all us old crazies hang out. It's where we encourage each other to keep getting out there, to keep putting in the miles. And keep being old crazy runners.